0: Welcome to the All About Setwork podcast. In this podcast, we talk about all things setwork. That include training tips, a behind-scenes look at what your instructor or trial official may be going through, and much more. In this episode, we have the distinct privilege of speaking with Donna Morgan Murray about her fitness program and a variety of different webinars that she's offering through Setwork University. Before we start diving into the podcast episode itself, we do a very quick introduction of myself. My name is Diana Santos. I'm the owner and lead instructor for Setwork University, Dog Sport University, and Pet Dog U. These are all online dog training platforms that are designed to help you achieve your setwork training goals, regardless of where you are within your journey. So whether you're just starting up, you're looking to develop some more advanced skills, or if you're interested in trialing, we have a training solution for you. So now that you know a little bit more about me, let's dive into the podcast episode itself. So in this episode, I had the distinct privilege of talking to Donna Morgan-Murray about the variety of fitness programs that she's offering with Setwork University, she has a couple of webinars coming up that we're very excited about. <laughs> we were also lucky enough to host her for a prior webinar as well. And why it's important for all of us as dog owners, not to mention if you're involved in dog sports, for dog owners to be mindful about maintaining our dog's fitness and ensuring that we are helping them stay as fit as they could possibly be for all the stages of their lives, from puppydom to prime of their life to senior. We want to make sure that we are maintaining their fitness. So we're going to take a listen to that conversation that I have with Donna. And again, we're very, very fortunate that she was able to have this conversation with us for this podcast, and that she's also sharing her knowledge as far as fitness is concerned for our clients. You have a very interesting story about how you got involved in fitness, which you share with us with our last webinar. Do you mind letting our listeners know how you got started in fitness and why you're so passionate about it?
1: Oh, of course. Of course. So I was working with Nadja, who was our first performance dog. She was at a work, a working line, German Shepherd dog. And we were trialing in agility at the time. And our car was packed and ready to go for a three day agility trial out on Cape Cod. This is when we still lived on the East coast in Connecticut. And as we do it every day, we take a morning walk and we're coming back to the property. And literally we are walking down our driveway and she takes off after what we then later understood was a deer, one or two deer. We lived out in the country and it was a morning, it was kind of wet. So she must have slipped off of one of our raised flower beds. And the result was a torn iliopsoas or a torn gorn muscle. By the time we got to her, she was standing on three legs and this dog was incredibly stoic. So we knew that there was a big issue. Luckily, Dr. uh, Debbie Gross lived very close to us. And so we reached out to her. I really didn't know much about canine fitness at the time. I just knew that this wonderful person existed. She was a a human physical therapist that, or a physical therapist for humans. (laughs) <laughs> that switched into working with dogs. And she was actually the one who developed the canine fitness program for University of Tennessee, which most of us have, have gone through in one way or another. And so I reached out to Deb and said that I was in a world of hurt. My dog was hurt really bad. I had no idea what it was and went to Deb who treated her at the time. And we determined that she probably had several micro tears in her iliopsoas. It's a common injury in agility dogs. It's a common injury in dogs in general, but in particularly in in agility dogs when they just overextend, which clearly she did as she jumped off the the raised uh, landscaping. And um, some dogs are able to recover and go back to working. And some dogs have repeated injuries and some dogs don't recover depending on their age and, and other fitness. So in working with Dr. Deb, I saw the value of working with a canine athlete and really focusing on fitness, because even though she was in great shape, she had great muscle strength. She was lean. She was young. Still, there are, are things that can happen on particularly wet mornings that can, can be a problem for dogs. And so we worked very hard to rehab nausea. And got her back to 100%. And she continued to, to run AKC Agility and NADAC and USDAA. Um, I think we also ran CPE after that. And, and I became a convert in working to keep my dogs, get my dogs fit, keep my dogs fit so that they can do the sports that they love to do.
0: That's amazing. And that's why I I, thank you again for sharing that story for our listeners. Because when you share with us that story in the first fitness webinar you did for us, it was just such an amazing eye opening experience to say, like, okay, here's this dog who's already doing all these things with this very conscientious and experienced owner who has a freak accident of just being a dog and is able to go back and be successful in playing all the things that she was playing and still have a very fulfilled life. And that was because of this activity that a lot of people just don't even think is an option or is even something that they should be doing or is important. So I I thank you for sharing that story because I think it really helps people be like, oh, there's an actual application for this. (laughs) <laughs> this isn't just, you know, some person who's like, oh, look at all these inflatable things that you can buy and then not have any place to store. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And as I work with, with
1: people um, at my training facility and and as we go through the, the various webinars, I will use my equipment because I have it and it and it just works well for me. But I, I try and develop programs for people that don't have to buy the expensive equipment that there's things you have in your home that you can use to do these these some of these basic fitness things and if you want to buy some of the equipment you know i will obviously have some recommendations on maybe what you should buy first and and you know here try this and see what you think Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's great to have all the fancy equipment, (laughs) but you don't have
0: to, to keep your dog fit. (laughs) And that's really a great thing to know. So for people who are listening like, okay, this sounds interesting, but how does Donna know all this stuff? How, how did like, what, what kind of credentials does she have? Like, can anyone do this or who am I learning from? So could you let, let us know a little bit about your background as far as how you got into formally providing help with, as far as fitness is concerned?
1: Sure. So I did train with Dr. Deb for a year. I am a scientist by training, so I'm a PhD scientist. So, so when it came to the bookwork part, because there was a lot of bookwork stuff um, up front so that you understand structure and function and muscles and bones and all the sorts of things um, uh, that, that, are, 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 that make up our dogs. <laughs> so there was a lot of bookwork up front and then a lot of practical application And I had to submit a handful of case studies to demonstrate that I could develop proper fitness programs. And so I think I had a senior dog. I had a puppy. I was in the middle of rehabbing my other dog, my black tornado. She had torn her CCL and meniscus. And so I used her as a demo dog and a friend had another dog who was recovering from, was hit by a car. And so I used uh, him as well and, and, and put together the programs and Deb evaluated those programs and I had to pass a test. So it was a year of training and some pretty intense training. And with that, I am a certified professional canine fitness trainer. So I have those initials after my name and I can develop fitness programs for dogs of of any age, conditioning programs. If I'm working on a rehab program, I need to be working with a a licensed vet. Mm -hmm. So I am not licensed to diagnose and treat any specific issue in dogs, but I have worked with vets in the past to develop a rehab program, um, say for another dog that had uh, a CCL tear and meniscus tear. Obviously I could pull very much from my own experience there, (laughs) but working closely with the vet So that's how I, how I got the official, uh, shingle to, (laughs) to hang up.
0: (laughs) Perfect. And how long have you been doing that for?
1: So let's see, that would be thinking back to when Laylee. um, it was shortly after Laylee tore her CCL and meniscus that I started the formal program. So that's six years. Wow. I think I've been certified for six. Oh yes. It, because I've been here back in Washington for five years and I got my certification back when we were on the East coast. So yep. At least six years. Perfect.
0: And so the couple things you happen to mention, that I think people are going to be interested in is that you were doing fitness for a wide range of dogs as far as just their age. So I think a lot of people think, okay, well, you know, I'm going to be doing maybe potentially <laughs> you've convinced me. <laughs> that I should do fitness with my dog. Who's, you know, maybe we're competing at agility or something, mm-hmm. but then you happen to mention something about puppies and senior dogs. What is this? What is this? What, what, what is this that you speak of? What is this fitness thing with these other dogs?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, and, and I'm, um, I'm putting together obviously a webinar for the, for the senior dogs. And um, I have a couple fabulous regular clients that you will see in these videos. And one of them is the most adorable 15 year old dachshund. She is incredible. When you see her, you will not believe she is 15 years old. She's been doing fitness for eight years. It it started out because she had a spinal issue and she started doing fitness. So that was obviously before I moved out here, but subsequently, um, Her original fitness trainer moved back to the East Coast and referred her to me. So I've been working with her for a couple of years now. And so it's really to keep her active. I mean, the fact that she's 15 years old, she's a long-bodied dog. It's all about keeping her active, keeping her fluid. Um, Her owners hike with her. I mean, short hikes, as you can imagine, for a little Dachshund. But they hike with her regularly. And um, you just would not believe when you see the things that she can do that she is 15 years old.
0: That's amazing. Use fitness to improve the quality of life for a senior dog. Could you maybe talk a little bit about that, about some of the ways that you may be able to compare some of the clients that you've had where they may be getting up into senior age, but they haven't done fitness yet. And then once they actually start the program.
1: Yes, and so you'll see uh, another one of my regular clients who has a bit of a weight issue. So we're working on that with her and she was um, really slowing down and she's 11 years old. The, her, the owner's vet suggested that she needed to, to lose some weight. And um, the owner you know, is up in years like myself and, and not, um, doesn't have the time and the capability to get her out hiking a lot. Hiking is great activity for dogs. Um, and if you can do that, that's fabulous. But that just wasn't an op- an option um, for this dog and, and handler, and so we've been working together for quite a while now. And her nose work instructors and other people around her have noticed not so yeah noticed a little bit that she's lost a little bit of weight, but noticed that she is moving much more fluidly. So um, she can do more things for longer periods of time, and she's less stiff, um, more flexible. And, and she loves to come here, you know, so I'm working her very hard, mind you, because the objective is for her to, to lose some weight. So she's working very hard, but she comes here every week and happily jumps out of the car and works with me. So it really is, I can see in a relatively short period of time, we're talking months, not years, like with the, with the dachshund, I can see... Uh, um, the change in her and others who see her on a regular basis can see the change that she is moving better. She is feeling better. And that's
0: just great. That's what this is all about. That's amazing. So it's really improving quality of life, even outside of anything else that they may be doing with their dogs, as far as dog sports or activities, it's just actually allowing, like you were saying for your 15 year old Dachshund client, The fact that it's 15 years old and is able to do these things in a way that, you know, it's not painful to look at, of being like, oh, you know, you are 15, aren't you? It's more of like, you're 15.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. You'll see the bounce. You'll see
0: the tail wag. It's very cute. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. And so the other thing I wanted to ask you about for the upcoming webinar that you have going on is for people who are listening and particularly for our podcast, obviously it's centered around set work. So a lot of people are going to say, okay, I can kind of see like for people who may have done other things with their dogs, like agility or flyball or something like that, their dogs may have wear and tear in their bodies or something, but we're just doing set work. We don't need to do fitness. Fitness isn't going to do anything for us. Could you maybe talk to them?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So think about your poor dog who's sitting out in the car in their crate, waiting to go do a run, and all of a sudden you pull your dog out of the car, you have a quick potty break, and you go run to your search area, and you run through your search, and then you bring your dog back to your car. So that's kind of an issue for a dog that isn't in great physical shape, because you're asking the dog to go from sleep to high speed, I mean, relatively, most dogs are searching at a clip at least, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are some dogs that are, are, are incredibly slow, but you're, you're asking your dog to go from no motion to motion that requires um, control, that there are probably gonna be some high hides out there, they're gonna be standing on their hind legs. Little dogs are always, everything's high for little, little. dogs. <laughs> There's a, there's a Westie here that I, that I see a lot and trains with me and she's the cutest thing, but I feel so sorry for her because just about everything that I set for her is a high hide. So she's got to have some serious hind limb strength to do that. Some serious core strength to be able to, to get to those hides and, and indicate to her handler that yes, this is it right here. I've been bracketing on my hind legs for a couple seconds, but this right here, I'm staying right here. That takes some serious core strength and hind limb strength to be able to do that. To be able to do the goose necking that some dogs do when there's a hide under a chair, that takes a good amount of spinal flexibility as well mm-hmm. as, as spinal strength. Um, those that go into the play bow look uh, um, when there is a very low hide. That requires a lot of strength in the forelimbs and the core as well. So you may think that that cert that scent dogs don't need the strength and flexibility of an agility dog or a flyball dog or even an obedience dog, but they do still need a, a good level of fitness and flexibility. So strength and flexibility are important, not to mention balance and proprioception. You know, it's really hard for dogs, particularly the senior dogs, to, to get around if they don't have. Um, good balance and proprioception and then puppies are a whole nother thing that we should talk about too (laughs)
0: yes yes that was a wonderful lead-in because puppies have no idea about anything they're like there's a back to me
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes yes and um and you will see I'm sure that uh, little Kona will melt your heart she's a 15-week-old Dobie and she has no idea where her hind limbs are but she works really hard so it's really (laughs) she's going to be adorable in in the videos so yeah for for puppies um it 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 is mostly about proprioception knowing where their feet are and balance being able to move their body and not fall down um when i was working with her the other day i'm like oh no no don't fall down backwards (laughs) she was just so eager to follow my hand. <laughs> um, so balance and proprioception are really important for puppies. And and also I like to work with the handlers to help them understand what's safe to do for mm-hmm. a, a puppy that has growing bones, um, whose growth plates haven't closed yet versus what maybe you don't want them to do. So I'm a real um, proponent of, of, yes, good hikes and walks in the woods and even jumping over logs is is good for young puppies but don't put your puppy on a treadmill Um, there's just no reason to do that hard pounding of a treadmill until you know the growth plates are closed so there's other ways to to keep that incredibly busy high drive doby puppy (laughs) occupied (laughs) than, than putting her on a treadmill not that her owner suggested that but it's just it's, it's it's one of my philosophies that there are lots of fun, safe things that you can do with your dog in the fitness world, um, your puppy in the fitness world that will help them to build strength, to develop proprioception and balance um, and not harm the, the growing bones and, and joints.
0: Right. And I think that's a really good thing for everyone to keep in mind is particularly as Just dog ownership as well as dog training has been exploding in popularity, and and people are more engaged and they want to do more stuff, particularly when they get puppies. And then they hear, Oh, you know, a tired puppy is a happy puppy, and whatever else. So, the first thing that everyone runs to is, I'm going to play with my puppy till they drop, and I'm going to be doing all of this physical stuff with them because I need them to sleep. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think what you're mentioning is actually really, really important. And I'm really excited for this webinar that you're going to be putting out for us that's centered around puppies, because it can highlight some of the things that you can do that is going to help work them out physically, but it's also the mental part of it that's so important and making sure that you're not developing this. First of all, you're not straining their bodies, which is very important, particularly for little babies, but you're also not developing this Olympic style athlete that you'll never going to be able to satiate because you haven't done any of the mental stuff either. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you have to have the balance. Exactly. So could you actually talk about some of the things that people should be aware of when they're looking into anything as far as fitness is concerned, such as the difference between allowing the, the puppy or the senior or the uh, regular adult dog to do an exercise as opposed to you forcing the dog to do something?
1: Yes. So again, an, uh, one of my philosophies is that we I don't encourage owners to do manual active stretches, because unless you really know what you're doing, unless you really understand the anatomy and physiology, you could overstretch your dog and you could do more harm than good. So when I'm working with clients, I focus on um, teaching them how to do what I call the passive stretches so that the dog is really doing all the work. I'm not forcing it. I am a hundred percent luring <laughs> when i'm doing <laughs> fitness with dogs I, I tell my clients to use to bring lots of teeny tiny soft um cookies because we're we're going to use a lot of them and by the way my little dachshund works for veggies so <laughs> little bowl of, 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 of organic veggies that, that, that are her treats. It's
0: just the cutest thing.
1: Um, and so I will lure the dogs into a stretch with a cookie and the dog tells me when it's too much or when it's enough. Um, I will lure the dogs into to bending their spine um without physically bending the spine. I will lure the dog into hindling limb, hind limb stretches, forelimb stretches with the cookies and they'll tell me when, you know, when, when they've had enough. I also watch very carefully for, um, are they, are they panting too much? I mean, okay, when we have 90 degree days, they're going to be panting, but, um, other than temperature, are they panting too much? They've, they're working too hard. Um, are their, um, hind limbs turning out? Um, that says that they're, they're um, probably too tired to do something. Obviously, Mm -hmm. if you see the the visible shaking of the limbs, um, you know that they're either too tired or you're asking too much of them. So I'm I'm, I'm listening for the panting, I'm watching for changes in in how they're carrying themselves and um, and, and managing the amount of, of activity, the kind of activity that way.
0: And then for anyone who's interested in participating or purchasing the webinar replays, if they aren't able to come live, as far as what they should be expecting, so will they be able to take this webinar and then just go off on their own? Is this just a, you know, a taste of it? And then they'd be able to work with you one-on-one. What, what should they be expecting?
1: So probably something in between, because I won't be developing uh, a, a full fitness program, you know, for for, for all dogs, because right. all dogs are are different and, and they, they're at a different starting place, even though several of my puppies that, that I'll be demonstrating are 15 weeks old. They're the same age. They're different breeds. They're in different places. And so um, it's hard to say you're going to be able to go do everything yourself because it depends on the starting point of your dog um their age, their fitness, their weight, all of that sort of stuff. Um, um, but um, I will show you particularly with the puppies, they're, you know, these the, the puppies that I'm showing have never worked with me before. So they're they're at that that day one. And, and so it's teaching everything. It's teaching how to do the circles, teaching how to do the leg weaves, um, you know, teaching all of those things. So how to, you know, that the puppy webinar will teach you to do all of the basic fitness um, exercises. The senior webinar will give you some cautions as to, you know, don't do this, you know, or or or, or don't do too much of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will be able to absolutely go and perform the exercises, but will you be able to, to have written down and said, so I'm gonna do five reps of this for a week and 10 reps of this, you know, for the next week. No, you're not going to have a detailed fitness program, but absolutely you will come away with, um, these are some new exercises that I can do. I now know how to teach them for my, for my dog. Um, and I have a clue as to what's too much. um, and, um,
0: maybe not so much what's too little, but what's too much for my dog. Does that okay. makes sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And then for the puppy in particular, is there an age limit when people should start looking into doing something like this? I would,
1: you know, I would start with, with the the basic exercise Like pretty much everything that will be in the puppy webinar. Um, you can start at eight weeks old. If you're a breeder and you have puppies even younger, you know, once they're really mobile, you know, some of the basic stuff, absolutely. And that, you know, when they're, Five, five, six, seven weeks old, but eight weeks old for sure. You can all of these things
0: are safe for puppies to do. So, if anyone goes through the webinars and they're like, you know what, Donna is just so full of information. I love learning from her. Is there a way that they can work with you remotely?
1: Yes, yes, and I have have done that. Have had you know consultations with with clients to say what you know what are the the issues with your dog or what is it you're looking to. To, um, to help your dog with, you know, get an idea of what they're looking for. And as long as they've got sort of clearance from their vet, that there's no major health issue or physical issue that would impede us working together, then I can um, develop a fitness program for them. I have obviously a bunch of video links that you know teach how to do these things, recommend based on the age of the dog and what the goals are for the dog, what uh, the, the first step of the program should be. Here's how many things you should do and how often you should do them. And then we can reconnect and say, okay, so you've mastered this. So now let's take it up to the next step and share videos back and forth. And I can work with folks remotely that way.
0: Awesome. That is amazing. So it's great that you're offering all of these things because again, we're doing more and more things with our puppies and our dogs and also our senior dogs. And we want to make sure that they are as comfortable and limber and safe as possible, particularly when we're asking them to do all these various things from, you know, warming up our couch to suddenly (laughs) now we're going to be, you know, okay, now we're going to be weekend warriors. And they're like, we're doing what now? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. So, and I also really love the way that you were able to explain why for set in particular, even though it may not look like so much, that there is a lot going on, that this does take a physical toll on our dogs and that you can absolutely have def- not deficiencies, but you can absolutely see a drop-off in performance in your searches dependent on how your dog feels or how they're physically doing. And I've just seen that as an instructor myself, I know colleagues have seen it too, where you may have had a dog who didn't have a lot of core strength or was weak in their back end, or they just didn't know where they could place their feet in particular situations. So they may not be really confident in doing a certain type of hide. And if we don't look at the physical side of it, we could be concentrating so much on, okay, well, now I got to drill that kind of hide when that's not the problem. The dog knows how to work it out. They physically can't. Yes. yes, (laughs) And you could be making the the situation so much worse if you just drill it to death. So I really appreciate you doing these webinars for us because it's good for us as handlers and dog owners to have a more well-rounded view of all these things, because we can get very tunnel vision (laughs) and forget that there's a whole picture of a dog at the other end of the leash. It's not just the nose. It's not just about the odor. It's not just about the hide. There's a living, breathing being at the other end of that leash. And all this fitness stuff is really important because we have to make sure that we know how they're feeling. Yes, exactly. Was there anything in particular, as far as set work is concerned, or people who are doing a variety of dog sports that you wanted to impart upon them as, as we are wrapping up, as far as things that they can keep in mind or how they can potentially shift what their expectations are or... What their plan may be as their dog is going from puppyhood to that prime of their life into senior.
1: So, so sure. So again, focusing on on scent work, we have a, a couple summit trials coming up up here um, in the state of Washington, and you know most of the dogs that are entering in in summit aren't three and four year old dogs. Yes, there are some that are that young, but some of them are ten years old. And if you think about a summit trial, you're going to have four or so. Big searches a day for two days in a row, and you don't train that. Um, it, you don't you don't train those big searches. You don't train that many big searches in a day. So, it, it, you know, if you're if you're looking to do something like the like a summit or even an elite trial for the first time, think about what you have trained your dog to do from a fitness level, not from an odor level. Because yeah, they all know the odor, like you said, they get that they can solve the odor problem, but there is the physical fitness problem when you're dealing with multiple big searches. And so making sure that dogs are in great shape that that have the strength and the stamina to do those big searches is important. Also, one of the things I've noticed as a judge is, we're setting um, odors, we try and, and make sure that everything is stable and safe, yet sometimes things happen and things in the search area move. And dogs need to be able to deal with that, whether it's they've stepped on a rock that all of a sudden has, has moved or um, the barn door that didn't move before has now moved as they've jumped on it to get that high hide. Being able to, have having the core strength, the physical strength, and, and, and also the nerve to do that is important. And, and so I know some people say that there's no value in working with the inflatable infinities, that all you need to do is go out and take your dog for a hike. As I said, taking your dog out for a hike is huge, is really great. And they'll get some of that variety of, of surface experience in that. But I do think that's a value of the, you know, the inflatables and some of the other equipment, or or just you know, using your cushions, your sofa cushions to do that, is that dogs get comfortable with surfaces that move because sometimes in, in scent work, surfaces move. And that's a, a another benefit that I'm seeing in, in one of my clients who couldn't was not comfortable standing on anything that was un, unstable. And, and that's, you know, that's a bit of a detriment in, in scent work at the, particularly at the upper levels and to see what she can do now. I just sent the video to, to um, her owner today. And she's like, you know, she's just can't believe the change in this dog. <laughs> and she's just so pleased. And so am I, I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, this is just amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's amazing. And that's actually a really good. So to try to put a human spin on this, what you were describing, just maybe think of myself when I am somewhat mobile and attempting to hike, we can all laugh at that now. But when I attempt to, I will actually just freeze because I don't know where to put my feet. And a lot of that does have to do with, I'm concerned about falling or I'm concerned I'm going to lose my footing or something like that. But it's also just because I don't have the strength because I haven't been able to move as much as I should to actually prop myself up on one leg so I can have my weight on one leg and then I can put the other leg up in order to take another step. So from a human perspective, I'm hoping that people can recognize that this is a thing. Like I can actually be stuck. And my husband is like, where are you? Like, I'm back like five minutes (laughs) because I haven't figured out where to put my feet yet. And it's, you know, we're not talking, you know, like huge inclines or anything. We're talking something really tiny. And he comes up, he's like, do you need me to help you? Like, I'm just going to get down on the ground and just crab walking at this (laughs) point. It's just a mess. But like my brain will just literally just like, it'll freeze, it'll throw up error codes. Like it just cannot figure it out. So I can't even imagine if someone was asking me to do that and do like quantum physics at the same time. There's no way that I would be able, like, I would just be like, okay, well, I guess I live here now. (laughs) It's just, but that's basically what the dogs are being asked to do. They're being asked to do quantum physics while they're trying to do all this stuff with their body at the very same time. And if their body is throwing up those error codes, they can't do it. They're not going to be able to do the odor stuff either. So I think that the fact that you brought that up was just so brilliant and that we need to, as handlers and owners, take more ownership for just how amazing it is, what our dogs are able to do and that the sport, unfortunately (laughs) is trying to highlight the, just the, not, not the limits of it, but it's feeding into a human need of seeing how great all of us can be as teammates, but we have to recognize that they are living, breathing things. And we have to do as much as we can to make sure that they have everything they need to be successful. So that's why I'm so thankful that you approached me about wanting to do the very first webinar, because I think that this is something that just not enough people think about as far as providing fitness for their dogs. And then the fact that you can do this from puppydom all the way through, and you should be. That's <laughs> right. And the fact that you're doing these webinars for us is fantastic. Was there any other information that you wanted to share with people about these upcoming webinars? And then I'm going to let them know when they're going to be offered as well.
1: Um, no, I think that's
0: it. I think that's it. Okay, perfect. So we have two wonderful webinars coming up with the lovely Donna, and she's going to be talking to us on June 23rd at 4:30 p.m. Pacific. That will be 7:30 p.m. Eastern. And that is going to be concentrating on our senior dogs. And then the puppy webinar is going to be happening on June 30th at 4:30 Pacific, 7:30 Eastern. So these are both 90-minute live webinars. So Donna will be giving her presentation, lots of wonderful video examples, I'm very much looking forward to our 15-year-old ducks and our 15-week-old Dobie. Oh, just <laughs> black and tan all day long. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of black and tan. <laughs> and the great thing about our live webinars is that you'll be able to ask Donna questions in real time, which is awesome. You also get free and continual access to the webinar replay. So you can go through that as often as you like. So you can actually see her presentation. You can see the videos and then you can actually try to like put that all together. So you can actually do it with your own dog. And again, we'll make sure we have that information about how you can work remotely with Donna as well. So I want to thank you so much for doing this podcast with us because I want more people doing fitness with their dogs. (laughs) Well, thanks for the invitation. And um, I hope folks do uh, check out the
1: the, the webinars and just a reminder that not only is it important for our dogs um, across their life to be in good physical shape, but it's fun. The dogs have a blast doing it.
0: So as you can see, Donna is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to canine fitness. And we are so incredibly fortunate to have her not only participate in this podcast with us today, but to also share her knowledge as far as a variety of different webinars that she is sharing through our site setwork university so donna does indeed have these two webinars that are going to be coming up for us and she's going to be presenting them live one is focusing on senior dogs the other is focusing on puppies so make sure that there are links for those webinars in our podcast replay page to be able to access those but as always i want to hear from all of you what did you think about this podcast <laughs> would you like donna to come back in order to talk a little bit more about fitness And she's just a wonderful person to talk to. (laughs) But in addition to that, if there are other topics that you all are interested in, please make sure that you're letting me know. I want to make certain that we are covering the types of topics and subjects that you all are interested in. I also just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. (laughs) We have surpassed 50,000 downloads, which is absolutely mind boggling. And that is all thanks to all of you. So truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for listening to the All About Something podcast. This podcast is always going to be something that we are putting together to help the community, to share information, to provide a behind-the-scenes look as far as what instructors and trial officials may be thinking about or may be going through. And it's always going to be something that is going to be free. We're never going to monetize this. It's not going to be filled with commercials or sponsors or things like that. We just want to use this podcast as a way to, again, give back and to have conversations and to ensure that we're focusing on all the right things (laughs) which is having fun with our dogs so i really do want to sincerely again say thank you thank you thank you for all of your support through this podcast as well as for center university i am floored every single day that this tiny little thing that i started out of nothing has grown to what it is and that's thanks to all of you so thank you (laughs) but we have a lot of really interesting and fun things coming down the pike as far as things that we are scheduling so we are going to be continuing our spotlight series where we shine a light on individuals and businesses that are giving back to the separate community we love that series and we're going to be continuing that we are going to be doing some more of our roundtable discussions with our instructors as well as some outside speakers again just talking about a variety of different topics we're also going to be starting a new series where we're going to be talking with some people who have been involved in my sister business cyber separate. And we're gonna be listening to what their take is and how they're using this in order to help their dogs and whether or not they're doing that to forward their training objectives. If they're using it to better prep for a trial, they're doing it because it's just fun. (laughs) And I'm really looking forward to highlighting the successes that these teams are having. So there's lots of really fun things that we have planned. And I look forward to you enjoying all of that funness. (laughs) Just making up words. So again, thank you so very much. We really do appreciate all of your support. Happy training. We look forward to seeing you soon.